Arizona, homeowner's best friend. Hour three this morning of the Rosie on the House live Saturday morning broadcast. Here every Saturday morning for the primary purpose of taking your calls. The call is toll free. one 767 4348 That's one 888 R-O-S-I-E, the number four and the letter U. one 888 for you. Put you right in studio where we take your question like Wendy in the last hour. Want to know what to do with all of the faux cultured stones she's picking up. Uh, what are some ideas we might have for her in applying them in about and around her house for uh, various decorations? And we talked a little bit about changing the inside of a room. We can talk about anything that's on your mind at Rosie on the House. And during the week... Uh, some weeks it's fairly quiet, uh, and some weeks we're just overrun with questions. As a matter of fact, the last two weeks we've kind of been overrun with questions to the point where I think there's a few we didn't get to last week. Well, it's kind of like the grocery store. You know, there's nobody in line, and all of a sudden there's 10 people in line. But, you know, you have to be really careful, Rosie, because no matter what you talk about, somebody thinks it's political. So <laughs> last week we talked about Zillow. Oh, yeah. Remember the context? Yeah. yeah. That, uh, yeah. It was a report, like— on moving statistics, the mo- right? Yeah, the yeah, most yeah. researched cities in America. And they were the most obscure, primarily located in Pennsylvania, Connecticut, Ohio. We had lots of people and, chime in about that. They thought it was fun talking about where they were from. And that that's when we had the Arctic breeze blowing through the rest of the country and Phoenix was at, you know, 64 degrees. And the most important thing about that segment is we've got to get Arizonans to start the Don't Move to Arizona campaign. Well, You've got to call your, your, your relatives and say, you know, things out here bite. <laughs> what, what, what did you say, Romy? 11 different rattlesnakes in Arizona? 13. 13. Scorpions, Gila monsters, tarantulas. Well, we had one texter really concerned about you using Zillow. Oh? Yeah, he said it was like a communist plot or something, Zillow. Do you know anything about that? <laughs> no, I don't. No, well, he, I try not to ever get involved in communist <laughs> plots. You know, I've clicked on the About tab, and it, I don't see Putin anywhere, so no, I don't think man. it is. Kind of, yeah, so anyway, you have to fill us in huh. on that. The only, the only communist plot I've ever been involved in or that I've ever tried to share information about is computers. I'm sure... Computers are a communist plot to keep us so aggravated and so distracted in trying to get something done that we get nothing done. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Well, hey, so I have another uh, article about moving here. I will have to say the one right. thing about Zillow that uh, yeah. they are very optimistic on their pricing on their houses. Oh, yeah. uh, oh. It's usually like 15 to 25% inflated. Maybe that like was Like you go issue. there and you – you know, oh wow, my home's worth this, and then you put it on the market, and it's like it's worth that if somebody <laughs> buy it for that, right? It's, it's a very arbitrary thing. I've seen on a Zillow uh, ad or, or, or listing, it has a pool. Then you go to the picture and take a look down. There's no pool in the backyard, but they added value to it because they think there's a pool there. Interesting. Wow. So there again, it's not a perfect science. Let's put it that way. Wow. What's the starting well, point? After being on air 36 years, I. 
I, I've learned the consequence of what comes out of my mouth. <laughs> you can't even pronounce anything wrong. Man, there was a... I made one little bitty joke about Harley Davidson writers and... Little bitty, huh? I, I, I thought it was sweet and innocent and funny. <laughs> Holy cow, man. Not going to make that joke again. Well, I can, I can tell you, any joke Rosie makes is good-hearted. It's not meant to hurt anybody. <laughs> but hey, here's another article. Oh, another one. Arizona Big Media always has interesting articles about, you know, people moving here and moving away and et cetera. But Generation Z, younger generation, our daughter Carol is a Gen Zer. They're, you know, they're having... They're ready to start settling down, but the prices of homes are really high. And there's also a lack of homes here in the Phoenix area. But this was interesting because this article lists the 20, uh, 25 cities that might be affordable for a younger couple. Do you know that Scottsdale makes number 10? And Gilbert is in the top 25. Holy, are you yeah. serious? Yeah. So there's As the most affordable? Not most. Af- well, there's 10. Um, there's, I'm sorry. Yeah, there's 25 listed. That would be among, but they used a criteria. They have like uh, six or seven different criteria to how they rated this, and then it was a cumulative score. But um, home price to income ratio, home price range, inventory, home sold over price, and days on the market were kind of the key ones that they that they weighed. So Scottsdale actually made it in there, which I thought was really interesting. But wow, they're, they're, but, that's but, surprising. But it was kind of talking about the extreme places, uh, like Fremont, California, where the prices okay. are almost that's, 23 times the average of a young person's household income. So 23? <laughs> 23 times. Just north of San Jose. So I think there's probably an aging community there. But uh, Holy cow. Anyway. They're sitting on some equity. Yeah, boy. Yeah, baby. <laughs> so it is tough when you're younger to try to get home. I don't think home. there's a California town on that list at all. <laughs> Man. There's no way. Yeah, it would be tough. And and there were no California towns listed in that survey I mentioned last week about the most researched. In Zillow. The Zillow research. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And that's a key word, researched. Yeah. You know? Well, it's kind of top and bottom and nothing on the edges. <laughs> we have Texas, uh, Tennessee, as affordable. Nebraska, yeah, North Carolina. Okay, which tell I'm them what number one is. I'm just looking at it. Number one is Fort Wayne, Indiana. As Five a, seconds of silence. As affordable. <laughs> the most, yeah. Highest score for affordable. Okay. Well, I have a new opinion of Indiana now that I've got grandchildren living here. Yeah. <laughs> just over the border. George, Georgetown, Indiana, just across the river from Louisville, Kentucky. So I guess I'll get to know Indiana. Other than the... Uh, Brickyard. That's the only place I've ever been to in Indiana. All right. We're here to take your questions. one 767 Another one of the questions. And, you know, I've, uh, what I like to tell people is we don't, as a team, like to come off as arrogant know-it-alls. We're not. But we are a collector of information amongst a big army of of trusted experts in every field. So we got a call this week, a phone call. He said, Rosie, in the middle of the night, everyone is in bed. My wife and I are startled awake with an explosion. Explosion? An explosion. And what they discovered is that the tempered glass in their shower door master bath exploded in the middle of the night. What 
makes it do that? Romy, that's why I called Dennis <laughs> Rusk at ABC Glass. I said, Dennis, we've what? got, and he's one of our trusted Rosie on Mouse experts on glass, ABC Glass. I said, Dennis, let me read this to you and what and and, and school me. What 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 do I need to know? And as soon as I read the description to him, he said, well, Rosie, that even happened at my house about a year ago. Hmm. He says, very often in the sliding glass doors of a shower, um, tempered glass can be, well, tempered glass is very temperamental, okay? You cannot cut it. Um, but sometimes in the sliding apparatus, maybe that little rubber bumper on the inside of the jam gets worn out and now every time you're opening and closing that patio sliding door maybe it's taken a small nick out of the edge of the glass and if you want to explode a piece of tempered glass try and take a nick out of one little piece Hmm. it's what your windshield's made of so that once it does shatter it shatters down into such small little bitty pieces it can't cut you it turns into like marbles instead of guillotines. So he informed me that exploding shower doors in the middle of the night actually are something they deal with at ABC Glass on a regular, fairly <laughs> f- regular, a fairly regular basis. And I had never even heard of it. Huh. That, that would, yeah, you don't want to wake up that way. Uh, that's worse than a phone call at 1 a.m. When, I, when the phone rings at 1 a.m., I stop for one second. And it doesn't happen very often. I stop for one second. Do I want to answer this? <laughs> do I want to answer this? I always do. But I'm always sorry I do because then I'm up the rest of the night. So the exploding tempered glass is just one of the things. Now, another call we got was from someone who had been in a house. And they'd been in the house about a year. And there were some stains coming through the bathroom wall. And uh, at first they sent a narrative. And I said, well, reach back out to that homeowner and see if they can send us pictures. And they did. They sent us pictures. That helps a lot. I still couldn't come up with a solid suspicion. So I said, okay, send these pictures to our paint experts at the Arizona Paint Company and at ADP, our new paint company that's just joined the network. And both those guys jumped back in with exactly the same uh, answer. They said that area of sheetrock was repaired sometime during construction, that somebody had to go in there and open that wall up, close it, and it wasn't properly sealed and or prime prior to the paint job. So again, another example of homeowners reaching out to us at Rosie on the House. And if we don't know the answer, I would only like to assure you, we are going to put our experts to work statewide in every field to get you the answer that applies to your house, home, castle, or cabin. When we get back, we've got Julian Hole calling from Glendale and an open line for you at one 767 4348. Give us a ring. Let's get the calls lined up and let's see how many questions we can answer in the next segment. 
one 767 4348 That's one 888 for you. Julie and Glendale, good morning and welcome to the program. Good morning. Rosie, we missed you at Dunright Grand Opening. I'm glad you're feeling better. I feel a lot better. I almost, I almost, <laughs> almost, um, almost died of boredom. I, I haven't been oh, laid. I, I haven't been That's laid up on the. Said. Ooh, I haven't been laid up on the couch that long. I, I can't remember that. I think I think I was in a coma. I was on drugs then, so it was okay. <laughs> but oh man, that was a miserable two weeks. But then, I'm sorry I missed the uh, occasion. It was really neat. Um, I didn't win the grand prize, but that's okay. <laughs> okay. Um, I do have a question, and maybe this is a dumb question, but I need gutters, but I also really need to paint the house outside. So I'm assuming that I should have it painted before I do the gutters? I would, because I'm assuming you have wood fascia. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Unfortunately, then, yes. Yeah, get get a nice coat of paint over that wood before the gutters go up because once the gutters go up you know you're probably not going to paint that again that would be a big project to take them down paint that wood so get a good protective layer over the the wood and then put the gutters up okay and i haven't looked um since i have you on the line do y'all have someone that does because i obviously i'll call arizona painting company but um do you guys have a trusted partner that does gutters? Or is that well, like a handyman thing? You know, um, Booth built patio products in Glendale. Uh, they're right there at the in the air air park. Um, they do gutters, but generally not as a one off. But since you're in his backyard, we might be able to twist his arm a little bit and see if he'll just come out and just do gutters. They specialize in backyard patios and pergolas, and you know, creating that outdoor space. And a lot of that outdoor space has to do with drain off and controlling yeah. uh, that. So that's a big part of their finished projects. But gutters by itself is is hard to do as a one off. Call call Booth but, Built. Ask for Tom Booth, and say Rosie said, <laughs> if I said pretty please, that you would come out and take a look. You might can, that he might consider it. <laughs> okay. All right. You know dude. it's really. Rosie's name, when you throw it around, it really means a lot. Well, it honestly does, Rosie. When um, well, when I have the solar put up and stuff like that, and I said, "Y'all better do a good job because I got your name from Rosie." All right. Well, and when I had Walker Plumbing out, told him the same thing. Okay, well, good. and plus they have your big Rosie on the house sticker on his van. But your your name means a lot. Well, it's something I learned from my dad. Uh, Dr. Rosie, very young, in a career counseling session about growing up, we talked about what I wanted to be when I was an adult. And so we had that conversation, and he looked at me, and he said, now, whatever you become, just make sure you're passionate about it. Make sure you become the best at it. And never forget this. It takes a lifetime to build a reputation and one bad decision. To destroy it. So we appreciate that comment about what our name is worth out there in the community because we've spent 67 years of my life building that reputation and protecting it. So you get involved with anything having to do with Rosie Wright, Rosie on the House, 
Rosie Certified Partners, you've got my name on it. We appreciate the testimonial. and Let us know uh, if that wasn't... Uh, if Booth isn't able to do that, uh, a, a couple of our handyman uh, would probably uh, tackle the job. They'd probably buy the gutters from Tom still, but yeah, right. <laughs> they'd install it for you. Watch Tom's, watch Tom's <laughs> YouTube. How do I install this? <laughs> All right, let's see how we can help Doug and Scottsdale. Good morning and welcome to the program. Hi, how's it going? Good, Good. Doug. Um, so I, I have some bullnose. And a couple places have dents in it, and I can't figure out how to repair that. Interior drywall, bullnose, exterior corners. I have a question for you. Okay. Are these dents Uh head high or ankle high? Uh, They're head high to a big dog. (laughs) (laughs) It's about knee high. All right. All right. Well, it and and can you tell me what kind of paint is on the wall? Is it flat paint or is it like a semi gloss or an eggshell finish? Um, this would be this looks like a semi gloss. Okay, here's what you're gonna do, and I'm gonna need to cover this real quick because we don't have much time this segment. So, Doug, you're gonna get some trisodium phosphate from the Ace Hardware store, and that's a powder you're gonna mix in a little bucket with some water and a sponge. You're going to wash that corner bead all the way from the bottom of the floor to the top of the ceiling. Wash the entire corner bead, and I'm assuming this is metal exterior radius corner bead, not the paper style or the plastic. It wouldn't have dented. So you're dealing with a metal corner bead there. Wash it with trisodium phosphate. And with that sponge, go about four inches down each side of the wall and wash all that with trisodium phosphate. Then you're just going to get some joint compound and you're going to fill the dents and let it fill, let it dry. Then you're going to take another sponge and wipe it. And it's just like using, uh, what do you call the car repair body Bondo. Bondo. Just like Bondo. And uh, the trick is going to be painting it. You've got to paint the entire two walls. Wrapping up this January. You know, usually be Can't be true. (laughs) No, no, that can't be true. No, no. Oh, yeah. You know, between Thanksgiving and about Valentine's Day, we don't bring in a lot of guests. You know, our, our partners are our homeowners, too, and they're just like everyone else. They got family coming in. They got, you know, the holidays they're planning for. So we do a lot of open topic themes and cover, you know, human interest stories as it relates to your home, castle, or cabin. But, man, we got a book schedule starting February. Uh, Rosie Wright will be in. Uh, are, are y'all talking backyard casitas? Backyard casitas. Was that finalized? Uh, yes, it is. It is. Yes, it is. Finalized. Uh, we're going to have our solar partners in, Sun Valley Solar Solutions, talking about, uh, obviously, solar. But the, uh, what are we, the, the, I don't want to, I don't like the word evolution, but the, uh, the involved, you know, how that industry has developed. Let's say that. You know, solar it used to just be solar. Well, now you got solar and batteries. Well, you know, a lot of people are doing the solar battery and the backup generator. So you've got this trifecta 
of equipment that you can use. So the development of the solar industry. Uh, we have Omni Pool Builders in Tucson has a new oh, showroom. Right. This is a, we'll, we'll wrap up February at the Tucson showroom of Omni Pool Builders. That's fun. So we'll be looking forward to that. That, 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 that was a nice showroom they had. It, it was. I can't wait to see this one. This will be the third broadcast in the calendar year at a new showroom. Awesome. You know, we had the Rosie Wright showroom, uh, what was that, August, September-ish, and then we had Done Right in January. Now we've got Omni Pool Builders in February, and, you know, Bram Flooring, uh, when they get done. That's with, right. You know, they're, they're developing in one of the cities that's notorious for permit uh, difficulties. <laughs> so we've, we've had a little setback on that one, so we're always excited to be out there. Anyway, so... That's what's coming up in the broadcast, but right in in the future Saturdays. But this Saturday, we're going to Todd, talking about tiles that are cracking in his home. Good morning, and welcome to the program. Hey, good morning, Rosie. Hey, uh, I just i I was the one that contacted you regarding that paint in my bathroom with the yellow tint. Okay. I appreciate yeah. you oh. getting back to me regarding that. Oh, good, that. good, good. Now. Now I have an I have another issue going on in the same bathroom. I have twelve by twelve and this, tile this in is, that bathroom. This, this is the Todd. This is the same. It's the new house. It's brand new house. Yeah, okay. we moved in okay. last April. Okay, all right. And uh, now my tile in there is starting to crack, and it's started at one tile and it's moved on, and now it's four tiles deep, and it's a post tension slab. I'm just you know. Wondering, should I be worried about this? Well, I tell you what, Todd. I, the first thing I would tell you is worry or not. What? Take a picture of it, date stamp it, and send it to your contractor as a dated registered concern. Okay, send it certified mail. But let's bring one of our flooring experts in, Mr. Vaughn. Mr. Vaughn Payne from East Valley Floor. Uh, Vaughn, laying tile on top of these post-tension slabs sometimes can be a little tricky. What would you, what would you, what advice would you have for Todd? I think the real issue is probably surface preparation or a couple of other related issues. I don't believe the concrete is actually the problem. Just, and I haven't seen the job, of course, but usually what it involves is oftentimes the tile contractor will not clean the floor well enough, meaning get some of the construction debris off the floor before they get it ready. So it's just kind of like painting prep, that the preparation is more critical than other things. The other option is that they used an inex, uh, inexpensive mortar, or they also may have done what we call flashover, where they have troweled down the mortar, and usually in a hot environment, and it dried on the top just a little bit. So the mortar is still wet in the middle, but the top did not uh, have a moist area. The other thing is there's sometimes some uh, tile dust, we call on the back of a tile fresh out of the box from the factory, and sometimes you have to clean those with a sponge before you lay the, the tile in. But it's not uncommon for flashover, and you lay the tile in, and it'll sit perfectly fine for you know a few months or whatever, similar to this gentleman's situation. And then as you walk on it, it just you lose the bond, and then you've got an issue with um, looseness, and your grout often cracks too. It's more likely that issue than the actual concrete because concrete with a post-tension slab is usually very, very strong and durable and does not usually crack 
uh, much at all. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Vaughn, but in a post-tension slab, when you when you tighten the outside bonds of that post-tension, it can kind of wrinkle the surface. Do you have to prepare that any differently than a slab-on-grade conventional floor? No. We okay. will always check the floor for level and, and irregularity. So we bring a grinder with a diamond head on it, as well as we'll use a cement-based floor leveler to check every floor. So sometimes you take off the high spot and the low spots are not as bad. Yeah. But every every floor is different, so you got to check each one with a straight edge and uh, you know sometimes a laser as well, too. Well, Vaughn, I know we interfered your family Saturday, but we appreciate you taking the call and sharing well, your advice well, and your expertise. That's Vaughn of East Valley Floors. Todd, you've learned a lesson that we want all Arizona homeowners to know. This is the second question you've asked us in two weeks about a condition at your new home. The most important thing in Arizona about a new home is you have a two-year period to address any concern you have with the licensed contractor that built your home. So I can only encourage you enough, go ahead, photograph it with date stamps, uh, add captions to it about your concern and get that registered date stamped with your builder. Should the builder be the uh, upstanding uh, proper type of contractor, he's going to send a customer service warranty expert for us on the staff and get it taken care of. If he needs a little more persuasion to come and take a look at it, then you've always got the Arizona Registrar of Contractors. And if that complaint is recorded and date stamped, that's what you'll need to start the process at the Registrar of Contractors. So, Todd, you are a living example of what we do at Rosie on the House to become every Arizona homeowner's best friend. One of the things we covered in this newsletter is recycling. And one of the things we always try and do is kind of collect stories about what we're hearing about recycling. And, boy, the story on recycling sure has changed the last five or six or seven years. And one of the funniest stories I have about recycling is I was boarding a plane in Portland, Oregon, headed back to Phoenix. And a woman entered after I was already seated and needed the the middle seat next to me. And she was wearing a tie-dye long sleeve cotton shirt that was kind of long enough to be a mini skirt. And, and she had gray hair, ponytail, and like some love beads on and stuff. And so she sits down and I'm reading a book about recycling and we don't even get off the tarmac. And she starts on this tirade on me about the waste of energy recycling is. And I had her so profiled and so stereotypically. You thought she was just going to give you a big this, hug over the, the book you were reading. This yeah? was this, <laughs> this, this, I don't remember her name, but this was a holdover 1978 Woodstock hippie. And uh, I just was sure she was going to compliment me for the book I was reading. <laughs> and she, she ripped me apart all the way till we got over Salt Lake City until she took a breath. <laughs> Recycling is a is a frame of mind, I think, and I and I think it's a healthy frame of mind. That's why I'm a remodeling contractor. Well, I think so too. And you know, for for the generation before, well, 
like our grandparents, they lived through the Great Depression, so they had that built in. Like you don't waste anything. You save everything. You might not be able to replace it. But now we're kind of a throwaway society. We can go out and get anything we want. I think the closest we've been maybe is COVID, walking into a grocery store and the things that you're used to seeing aren't there. Aren't there. You know, so that's a really different perspective in life. So, um, But we were laughing. You know, I think one of the safe things we can all do is repurpose things, you know, whatever you believe about the whole industry. All of us can do better at repurposing. But we were laughing because some of the things our parents repurposed seem so odd. <laughs> and then we, then I asked our grandkids, you know, what do we do that, that you think is odd? You know, so it changes from, from generation to generation. But thinking out back about my grandparents, I mean, my, my grandma had probably a stack of 12 egg cartons, and she didn't have chickens. <laughs> but you don't throw them away, right? <laughs> and we had a dear friend who how about always... Em, how about empty margarine containers with snap-on lids? Oh, have you seen that? that um, commercial on TV with Dr. Rick with Progressive. He's teaching you how to, not to be like your parents. That's great. And the lady's standing there with like 10 <laughs> butter tubs, and he goes, no, no, these are not for storing food. Tupperware <laughs> is for storing food. And so he takes them away from her, and she's holding on to them so tight. You know, we, he, had, we had Wendy Carr <laughs> earlier and talk about how nice our name and our reputation is. Let me just, let me just shed a little light of reality on you all. When a TV commercial... A, a, comed- a comedy TV commercial makes you a better person. That tells you what kind of person you are. <laughs> and in that commercial, he's holding up four pieces of crown molding that are three feet long. Oh, yes. and, he, and he says, what do you do with four pieces of crown molding? And the guy says, you throw them away. So when that commercial came on, I told Jennifer, I'm going to go outside and feed the dogs. And then I went to the corner of the garage, and I got four pieces of three-foot-long crown molding, and I put them in the trash can. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> so I love the guy. When, he... when a TV commercial makes you a better person, that tells you what kind of person oh, you are. Oh, it just hit so close to home. Got all this crown molding. Never know if you're going to need it. So ne- I it. Never know. Never know. <laughs> oh, man. I think I have rubber bands from Scottsdale Progress newspapers from the 1980s. Well, they're, they're a little dried out. So I, I bought Rosie one of these. Romy, yeah. have you seen them in the in the office supplies? It's a big ball of rubber bands. I have not. You can bounce them like a super ball. It's really fun. But Dad's, there's about a million rubber bands in there. So it has grown huh. though because Rosie keeps. Gra- I keep I keep adding rubber, rubber bands. bands. <laughs> you never know when you have enough rubber bands. You can recycle them as golf balls. I mean, yeah, just put a coating on oh, the outside of them. It, it's hilarious. It really is. But oh, I, I did just want to give a plug. There's two websites. You know because recycling as we know it today, has changed a whole lot. So if you want to know what the up-to-date information is, in the Phoenix area, you can go to phoenix.gov, and it will list it lists Scottsdale, Paradise Valley, everything, because every municipality is different. And in Tucson, you can go to tucsonaz.gov, and it'll tell you. But, um, yeah, I do like the repurposing idea because, you know, and they talk about in America, we go through like 3 billion pounds of clothing a year. And so... Not to just put it in the waste. There's another website I wanted to give you just real quick, um, almostzerowaste.com, and it gives you all kinds of, and you can just Google, you know, what to do with used clothing. But there's so many great ideas. They're even using jeans to make insulation now. Oh, yeah. So, you know, don't just pitch things. We took a tour, and we invited our listeners to join us of the recycling center out on I-17. I don't know, what is that, about Happy Valley Road or so? Yeah, pretty close. Yeah. And that was one of the most educational field trips I've ever taken as to how they process that material. And the most important thing I learned there is if you're in the habit of buying watered, bottled water, when you're done with that plastic bottle, put the cap back on it. 
before you throw it into the recycle can. It makes it so much easier to process at the processing center. But I cannot My biggest leave... takeaway was stop consuming plastic. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> that Amen. That, that's true. But I cannot leave this story when we talk about generational without covering two things. What's that? Miss Evelyn. Oh, yeah. Our dear friend in Nutrioso, Arizona. Um, uh, she has graduated. She's in heaven now. But when we first went to her house, she had area rugs all over the house that I could not recognize. They were with. crunchy. I, I could not recognize. And they were not warm. No. <laughs> and they slid. And they slid. What was she making those area rugs out of? Do you know she would collect bread wrappers off of all the bread and all her friends' bread, and then she would fold them and weave them. If you used to do the fruit gum wrappers, it's kind of this flat weave you do. Anyway, she would make braided rugs with the wrappers, so she never wasted them. But she was from that era. She lived through the Great Depression, and she and her husband fed their kids watermelon for a solid month because that's all they could afford. Yeah, they, moved here from Pen- they moved here from Pennsylvania to Wilcox, Arizona, and all they had to eat was what they picked from the fields for a month. God bless him. Ralph. We are spoiled. And Evelyn Moore. Woo. God yeah. bless him. Spe- That's something you won't research on Zillow either. Spe- <laughs> special yeah. people. Uteroso? What? Special people in our life. That's so that was, for sure. That was one. What's the other one? Uh, well, back to the generational thing. Uh, we keep it. We keep it. We keep it. But it's when your grandmother has kept it for 60 years. And then she finds a way you can have to repurpose it. And it's broken. And every time, every, and it's broken. <laughs> every time you go visit your grandparents, you're leaving with something. They've been trying to find a way to repurpose for 45 years. Alex is next on the line. Good morning and welcome to the program. How may we help you? Good morning, Alex. Mm-hmm. It's on hold, Romy. Can you? There you go. There you go. Hey, Alex. Hey there. Hey, uh, Alex sent us a picture of what he called us. What did you call it, Alex? A stalagmite coming off his ceiling. That thing looks long, <laughs> buddy. Stalactite. Yeah. How long is yeah. that thing? It looks six six inches or something. Uh, I I. Oh gee, it's longer than that. Oh it's my gosh. Probably over a foot. Wow. So how long how long has it been there, you think? Well, it's been building okay. for a few weeks now. And um about probably about fifteen years ago, I had a few of those on a different part of the same room. And I went out to a big box store and oh, I bought some termite treatment. And one of the things was you put it all the way around the foundation of your house. And then there was a spray and I knocked those down and I sprayed up into the little holes and it stopped. And I haven't had it happen again until just recently. And I figured that they were termites, um, but I wanted to be sure. And um, I'm pretty sure that uh, Rosie's going to tell me that I need to get some professionals out. <laughs> I would, I, I would definitely tell you to do that. The fact that you fought them in the past, you're fighting them again. I've said it for 40 years. There's only two types of homes in Arizona: the ones that have termites and the ones that are going to get termites. Termidor is the product we generally recommend. 
the most often uh, because it actually goes back to the nest. It goes back to the queen that is uh, the key to survival of that entire termite colony, and it takes the queen out. Once the queen's out, the entire colony dies. I can't remember off the top of my head, but if you as you drive from Scottsdale to Cave Creek and you look at all that alluvian, uh, decomposed granite natural desert, there are between 7 and 20 termite colonies between 3 and 20 feet deep for every acre you're looking at. That's billions upon billions upon trillions and gazillions of termites. And we have them. And all a termite needs living in the desert is one trace of a hope of water or moisture (laughs) from your condensate drain of the air conditioner, from your sprinkler system, from any of the irrigation system. All they need is one hint of moisture and they will get in your house. So uh, I would recommend you call Action Termite. Blue Sky Pest Control, either one of those two. Or, or Overson Pest Control. Or Overson Pest Control, absolutely. Our website works. You go to Certified Partners in the drop-down menu. It says find a certified partner. Select the category you're looking for. In this case, it's under the extermination and pest control. You know, everything's lumped there. We didn't have termites, scorpions, rodents, all separated. It's all in the extermination pest control category. Type in your city or zip code, and then bam, it shows you your neighborhood service provider there if you're in mesa overson uh gilbert blue sky phoenix action 